Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And before we get this all uh, kickstarted, wanted to talk about uh, Willing City Ford. Had a great experience and bought a Ford Transit, and it was actually a car that I've actually enjoyed very much. Had it now for a few weeks. And the experience was great. They didn't cheat me out of a lot of things, you know, out of anything, period. I shouldn't have said a lot of things, out of anything. And this was a pleasant experience compared to all of the different um, car buying experiences that I've ever had. Usually, um, when I have bought cars, they've always been just terrible experiences from... Uh, them trying to get me into a car that I didn't want to get into. Um, if not, they were uh, cheating me out by adding other fees that I didn't feel that were really needed. Um, another thing that they would do was wouldn't even try to fight to give me the best rate possible. And honestly, this has been such a great experience with them. From the moment that I got in there, uh, I, I felt at first like, it started off like it was going to be a bad experience. And then as it continued on, it just got better and better and better. And it was like they were trying to listen to what I wanted and really trying to adapt to make things work the way that it needed to work. And this was this was such a great experience. So with Whaling City Ford, check them out. Uh, it's New London, Connecticut, 471 Broad Street. It's... It was really a great experience. So if you want to buy a car, especially right now during this whole coronavirus, this pandemic that's happening right now, they're actually giving um, Ford. If, if you get your credit through Ford, they give you the first three payments deferred, and then they give you three more payments that are covered by them. So pretty much you're not going to be paying for six months. So I think if your credit is 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 fine or good, and you get your car with them, Ford will will give you six payments, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Three of them is on them, and then three of them are deferred. So they, they get put onto the back end. So anyways, um, with this whole podcast, um, I'm glad many of you are enjoying it. A lot of, a lot of you are actually telling me how uh, this podcast has helped you out tremendously, especially in this uh, these last like year. And the podcast has grown so much. If you you want to share this, um, subscribe to this so then you get all the new podcasts that come out. Especially because I don't do podcasts um, on a week-to-week basis. I know a lot of people do this and a lot of people have told me to keep up with this and to do this more on a weekly basis. But I don't want to put out anything that honestly I myself haven't worked hard on or thought about or at least know something on it. Uh, to just come out and blab about anything. And if I don't know something, I'll, I'll kind of mention it and I'll say, I, I don't know so much about this and I'm not sure, so don't quote me. And I'll say those things. But I will say that um, if you feel that somebody, this the podcast that you're about to listen to, which is um, the difference between normal and abnormal, if you feel that this is going to help somebody after you've heard this, Share it, post it up somewhere, tell somebody about it. There's a lot of people who have come and told me that it's been a big, big, big help to them. Uh, 
So uh, now this is this podcast today is going to be on the difference between normal and abnormal. Now, first, I think it's important that we establish what normal is, because every time when I do these podcasts, I always have conversations about them. Um, one of one of the biggest ones is always with my wife. I always talk to her a lot about these things. I'll ask clients about them. Um, I'll kind of little by little. Uh, I, I like to speak my words because when you speak your words, you're able to visualize what it is that you're saying. So, what I like to do is speak about this, and I'll further develop the podcast just by talking about it. So. I wanted to establish what's the difference, what is normal, what exactly is normal, because a lot of the times, uh, especially now when I was talking about this, a lot of people would say, well, it all depends on what normal is, and I thought to myself, geez, this is such a good, uh, this is such a good debate towards this difference between normal and abnormal. People kept telling me, well, it all depends on what you think normal is, and a lot of people would tell me. Normal is according to the norms of the society, whatever's normal to the to that moment at that time. And this podcast has been uh, kind of in the background for if I'm if I'm not mistaken, maybe about four to five months now, or or maybe less than that actually. And I've been thinking about this. How do I hit that part? And, and this this is what has kept me from putting this podcast out. How do I explain to, to the people? What exactly is normal? And how do I make it irrefutable? So I sat down and I looked up the actual definitions and I started seeing different psychologists, their points of view, philosophers, different professors. And I think what is normal? I was looking at the definition and normal is conforming to a standard, usual, or typical expected. And you might say, well, typically expected for that time. Okay, yes, fine. In some way, sense, in some way, in, in some sense, it's, you're, you're right, maybe. But it also says a person free from mental or physical disorders. Now, what I like to do a lot of the times is I'll look up the opposite. You know, what are different definitions? So I looked up a whole bunch of other different different definitions of somebody who does not have, uh, who's not free of mental disorders or who doesn't have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Who doesn't have any other problems, right? That they have regular social behaviors, right? Because it's it's all according to the behaviors, how we act and this is what normal is. Now, I looked up psychopath. Now, check this out. Psychopath, a person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal social behavior. So, this is where I give this debate to the people who's, who, who might be thinking, when I explain the difference between normal and abnormal, your debate might be, well, normal is according to what's normal to that uh, to that epoch, right? That that generation. That's what normal is. But 
let's say that the fad is or the the normal for that generation for that decade for those 10 years is let's say everybody uh is on facebook or everybody takes mud showers or everybody i don't know i don't know what the normal is but just giving you an example if there is a person who does not do what the normal is of that time they are considered a psychopath i mean this is interesting that's that's the same that every for every generation for every decade whatever person does not have normal social behavior whatever however they might act in public uh or certain gestures that they might do or certain things that might be said uh they are considered psychopaths so they're considered abnormal people people but this is impossible that's the saying that every decade if 70 percent of the population is following these normal social behaviors whatever is for that decade the normal social behavior or the normal thing to do is to say that the other 30% of the population or 40% of the population, whatever it may be, are all psychopaths. I mean, we obviously know that the other percentage of people are not psychopaths. So I think normal is when you're free of any mental or physical disorder. I think that's what I would consider normal. Normal is something that deep in your Whatever it is that you're doing allows you to live a good mental and physical health. The way that it was originally, your body and your mind was originally made to work. I think that's what normal is. It's to say that it's normal for a person to use a hammer, right, to hit a nail. That's normal. It is abnormal if somebody grabs a hammer to wash the dishes that's an abnormal thing to do that's not normal because what it what it was created for is for somebody to pick up the hammer and to use it on the nail that's normal so it's abnormal for somebody to do something outside of that to wash dishes with this that that is not normal so when it's used in the right and correct way when it's So I think this is what normal is when it gives a good purpose to this. So now that we've kind of established this groundwork of what's what exactly is normal. Normal is not whatever is in or whatever are the social norms or the social behaviors for that decade. That is not normal because then everybody else outside of that is psychopath. So now we've established what really what what normal really is. I think another day we'll get more in depth with this normal. The more and more I looked at it, it, it was more interesting. But we'll get more in depth with that on another podcast. But what exactly is the difference between normal and abnormal? Okay. Now the normal person has a goal and a destination. The normal person has somewhere to go. A place to be. Uh, 
um, he he sets a standard for himself and he tries to complete it. Okay, this this is a normal person. He lives in his lifetime. He lives with a goal or a destination, and then he gets to that goal or destination and he lives it by reason and will. Okay, so this the normal person has a goal and or a destination. And he lives with reason and will. And he suppresses his subconscious and impulses. Okay? So keep this in mind. Normal person has a goal and destination, lives by reason and will, and suppresses his subconscious and impulses. Okay? In case if you want to know more about impulses, go back and, and look at, uh, listen to the podcast on dangers of pornography. Okay, we'll explain in detail each one of these sections a little bit more. An abnormal person has no goal or destination. And he lives, okay, the opposite of the normal person. He lives by subconscious and impulses. And he suppresses reason and will. Okay, so he he lives the complete opposite. Now, let me give you an example. For instance, imagine that there's a boat, and on this boat, there's a captain, okay? You're the captain. The boat, you you, you are the captain of this boat. Now, the captain does not get on his boat, and he just says, okay, we're going to get on a boat, and we're going nowhere, right? A captain usually does not do this. A captain will say, we need to cross, uh, we need to get across the ocean to bring all of the, our, our goods to trade. So he has a goal and a destination. This is what the captain does. He has a goal and a destination. Now, what does he do? He reasons and wills his way to his destination. Okay. And he says, I'm going to get there because there's people on the other side of this that are waiting for these goods and they are going to pay me for this and I am being subcontracted and if I don't get there on the time and destination in which I am supposed to be there I can have fees or I can lose money or whatever other penalties there there may be now along the way that he's going there is emotions okay now those emotions we'll use an exa- as an example are the sea. Now the sea could be calm and things will be good. We'll use as an example kind of metaphorically or, 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 or in the form of an, al- an analogy would say that when the seas are calm there's no problems. There's days where everything is clear like the ocean and you think to yourself I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and it's so clear why I'm doing this. But there's other times when the sea hits this boat and wants to push it away from the direction in which it is going to. So these these waves that hit the boat are like emotions. It's his subconscious. It's his impulses, right? Usually when, when you do something impulsively, there's an emotion behind that impulsive action that you're doing. So what is what does the captain do? 
he's used his reason why he's he needs to get there at the time that he needs to get there. But now he's going to will himself to this destination. And what is he going to do? No matter how hard the waves hit this boat, he wills himself to that destination. No matter how difficult things get, he wills himself. Because he's, he's using his reason why he needs to get there and he wills himself there. And he says, I got to get there. No matter how hard things are, no matter how rough the seas get, I have to get to this destination. Okay? And what does he do? He suppresses his impulses. He doesn't let the sea, the emotions, move the direction of his boat to another place. Because imagine if, 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 if the captain says, okay, you know what? Seas are rough. Let's move a little bit. We'll go to the Bahamas instead of to New York City. I mean, what kind of captain would this be? You would not trust this captain. You wouldn't subcontract him again to take the boat of goods to do this trade. So no longer do you trust this captain. So we see it's very important that a normal person, this is what a normal person does. At any given moment, he doesn't allow his impulses to control his actions. Okay, now what is an abnormal person? Now, an abnormal person, an abnormal person has no goal, no destination. And he lives by his subconscious and impulses. And what does he do? He suppresses all reason and will. Now, a good example of this are honestly psychopaths, uh, people who are depressed. Um, now, now, when I say people who are depressed, uh, don't think that I mean everybody. You know, I, I when I speak of these things, it just tends to be a higher number, a greater percentage of the people that tend to be this way. So, don't think that I'm saying. If you're depressed, you're depressed because you're not living this way. No. There's a lot of people who are depressed and they don't have um, chemical imbalances. There's some people who just have no meaning to their life. So a good example of this is in the movie The Dark Knight. Right? You have this psychopath, which is the Joker. And if you... Remember when if you if you haven't watched the movie, you should watch the movie because it's a great movie. But in that movie, he takes the gun and he puts he goes to Harvey Dent, right? Two face. And he puts the gun in front of him. And he says, because Harvey's mad and he blames the Joker for all this. He says, you know what I am? He goes, I'm like a dog. This is what the, the Joker says. He says, I'm like a dog. I don't know what I would do if I would ever catch a car. I'm just out chasing the car. And this is what psychopaths do. You know, in the movie, they they, they did such a good job. um, Because at first he takes all the money. He says, I'm going to take, uh, if I'm going to do this job to kill Batman for you guys, I'm going to want half of the money that you guys have saved up. I want half of all the money that I took. And he takes his half of the money. And at first he was going to use it for something. And then towards the end of the movie, 
He takes all the half of the money and he changes his mind completely. An impulsive reaction. First, he had a, a, a decision. He, 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 he was going to use it for something and then in the end, he ends up switching it. He takes it and he burns his half of the money. If you see the gangsters freak out, he goes, don't worry, this is my half of the money. He goes, I decided I'm just going to burn it. So you see how impulsive he is. You know, <clears throat> this is why uh, in, in the comic books, you have Batman and Joker. And the reason why Batman, his greatest enemy, is Joker is because Joker is so unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do. You never know how he's going to do it. And, and what makes Batman so great of a superhero Okay, I know we're getting a little comic book here, but still, stay with me. What makes Batman so great of a superhero is that he's able to predict everything that his enemy is going to do and prepare himself for it every time. And the reason why he cannot, uh, he always has difficulties with Joker and he becomes one of his greatest enemies, right, is because of this. Because he can never really predict the Joker. Because he lives impulsively. And you never know what an impulsive person is going to do. So, we see this. This is an abnormal person. He, he, he listens to whatever his subconscious tells him. Whatever his emotions say at that moment. And he suppresses all reason and will. Forget about having to will himself. To, to, to the goal in which he sets. Let alone he doesn't even set a goal. And what does he do? He forgets all reason. Because what's the reason to do it? My impulses are telling me this. And this is how some people live their lives. Especially right now. And this is very important. Because I'm going to... I want to hit this abnormal thing very good. Because I want to talk about it in a later podcast. Because an abnormal person cannot live off of impulses everything that we do we we live uh with a micro a macro and an eternal goal okay uh, and and if if you wanted to understand a little bit more of this eternal thing um maybe you don't believe maybe you're an atheist listen to the to the podcast on the topic of truth okay but there's a, a micro, a macro, and an internal goal. The micro goal would be, let's say, uh, what's my goal for today or for this week? That's like the micro goal, okay? Today, I just want to be better than who I was yesterday. And then your macro goal would be, let's say, uh, the goal from here to 10 years from now. That's the big goal. That's the, the end game goal. Not end game, but you get what I'm saying. That's the long, the the long haul. Okay. Now the eternal goal would be, let's say, heaven and hell. So, what is your goal? Where is your destination? A normal person has a destination. A normal person doesn't wake up in the morning and just say to himself, "Ah, I'm just gonna do nothing." No, he has a goal. It's to get up. It's to go to work. I use the example of the man with a job, right? A man who has a job, what does he do? He sees into the future. And a normal person can see, right, his micro, his macro, and his eternal goal. So what does he do? He has a job. 
And if one day, I, I use this same uh, analogy in, in this uh, uh, podcast for uh, uh, the dangers of porn. But he, he has a job and his boss yells at him. He gets left with two choices. Either he fights him, you know, because impulsively he wants to punch him. Or what does he do? He decides, I'm going to just stay quiet because this same boss maybe had a bad day. And normally he doesn't treat me like this because he reasons his, his, he uses reason. And he says to himself, this is the same guy who can promote me and get me a better job. So if I live impulsively and I punch this guy, I'm going to lose my job. And since I've been working here the last seven years, I'm going to lose my reference. So if I go apply somewhere else, they're going to look at my application and they're going to say, where have you been working for seven years? And you can say, well, I've been working uh, nowhere. They're not going to want to hire you because nobody wants to hire anybody who hasn't been working for seven years because you've lost touch of what your specialty is. So what, you know, the, the person reasons his way through this scenario with his boss. He says, let me stay quiet. Let me go to human resources and I'll deal with this, with it this way. And he, he reasons and he wills himself not to punch this guy. Not to get mad at him. So this is what this man does. He, he, because he sees the long-term goal, the macro goal, as I'm calling it. And what does he see with this macro goal? He sees if he does this decision and lives impulsively, the macro goal is gone. So he wills himself through the emotions, right? This, as I explained, this sea of water, these waves that are hitting this boat. He says, this is my goal and I need to get here. So, but an impulsive person, an abnormal person, what does he do? He says, I'm going to just punch this guy. Because the abnormal person, because he has no goals, he has no micro, no macro, and no eternal goal. If he can't see what's right in front of him, the decision that's right in front of him, then he definitely cannot see all the way down 10 years down the road. Because the micro, the macro, and the eternal goals, these three goals are all intertwined, right? Because in order for you to get to that macro goal, you have to pass through the micro goal first. But the abnormal person, if he cannot see what is all the way down and down the road, 10 years down the road, or to this end game, right, this heaven and hell, then he definitely cannot see for the decision that he's about to make right there. He cannot see two days down the road. A lot of people who live impulsively, notice how they speak sometimes. At first, they come and they speak to you and they tell you, oh, I'm so mad I did this and I told them off and I did this. And a lot of people who live impulsively, who don't know how to control themselves, who don't use reason and will, they don't have a long-term goal. Sit down one day, just ask someone, somebody that you know that, that doesn't know how to control their emotions and for whatever little reason they get mad and they start flipping out and telling people off, ask them, what's your long-term goal? Do you think about heaven and hell? Ask them these questions and notice 
how they're not going to have a long-term goal because they live so impulsively. Because if they cannot, if they could see 10 years down the road, then they would make decisions that from today based for tomorrow. It's very important. You know, uh, the Christian has a very beautiful concept. They believe, I believe, I, let me take that back. I believe, because I'm a Christian myself, that when you commit a sin, the concept is, is that that sin doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody. Let me give you an example. Let's say tomorrow you walk out into the street. And you walk down to the local uh, bodega, right? In Spanish, that's like the little local store in the corner. Small little store, a little market. You walk down to the market, and because you're angry, because you just got into a fight with your wife, you also tell off the clerk because maybe he charged you 10 cents more. And usually you'd let that go, but on that day, you flip out on him. This is this is the sin of, of wrath, right? Of anger. Now, you leave. And you think to yourself, that sin didn't affect anybody. But now this guy is mad. Why? Because you were his last customer. And because you flipped him off and you told him off that he was a Hispanic, no good, ghetto, immigrant, who knows what it is. So, now this guy... He's angry. Now he goes home. And because he has anger, he yells at his wife. Now his wife doesn't yell back at him. So what does she do? She chooses the next the, the next innocent person to get mad at, which is the child. Then the child is mad because his mom just told him off for no reason. And now the child goes and kicks the dog. Or yells at his friend. And then his friend goes and gets an attitude with his mother. And you can see how this is all connected now. You can see how how you think that that one sin, you think it, it just affects me. My sin just affects me. No, no, no. It affects hundreds of people. And you'll never see how far the repercussions of this sin goes. And this is what... Uh, this is what the Christian believes, is that the sin that you commit doesn't just affect you, it affects your whole community of brothers. And you think to yourself, you know, a little bit of, of a sidestep here. You always think to yourself, uh, or maybe some of you are thinking right now, okay, but uh, it doesn't work like that. The husband doesn't yell at the wife and the wife doesn't yell at the 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 child and the child doesn't kick the dog it, it does happen this way because usually you're not going to go and pick on somebody who's tends to be tougher than you and sometimes we don't like to accept that this is who we are that we are sometimes a little bit uh, too much and sometimes we unleash anger on the innocent uh, whether it be just a simple yell or sometimes some people spank will spank their kids. But this does happen. This is the reality. Some people will unleash anger on innocent people. And why does this happen? Because usually, on most cases, the woman 
is not as strong as the man is. So when the man comes home, he yells at his wife. The wife doesn't will 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 fight back to a certain point. But sometimes the wife freaks out in some shape or form. Uh, she will only yell to a certain point and then she just lets it go. And then she stops. Now, think about it like this. If you're mad, you're not going to go and pick on the bully who's two times bigger than you. You're going to go pick on somebody who's smaller than you. Right? This is what the average person does. Why would you, if you're angry and you want to unleash anger on another human being, you're not going to go pick on somebody who's three, four times your size so then you get beat up so then you can end up more angrier than when you walked into that fight. Oh, well, I hope you don't do this. So we see this, that this is the connection of this sin, right? You see how it affects one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, the same thing happens with yourself. Now, now, kind of reverting back, coming back, I wanted to break all that down for you. Now, coming back to this, we are like, a, why do I say this? We, we, because we are like a community of ourselves spread across time. You are one person. And that one person, every decision that you make today is going to affect you for what you do 10 years from now or what are the results 10 years from now you are like a community of yourselves spread across time you know there's many stories uh, in the bible that reference this you know you see the story of jacob every decision that he makes everything always comes back to bite him in the butt later on in 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 the future every decision that you make will affect What's going to happen to you or what are the results later on in the future? So uh, this is a, a person who does not see later on in the future is an abnormal person. A person who has, who has no goal, no destination, and he lives by impulses in subconscious. This is an abnormal person. A depressed person lives like this. A person who is depressed, they live by uh, impulses and subconscious. They have no goal, no no um, no destination. They 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 look at everything like meaningless. This is this is the beauty also of uh, the, another beauty of the of the Christian, is that the Christian is is that you are the center of God's universe. You are the apple of his eye, right? Not that you are the center of the universe, but that you are the center of God's universe. And you think to yourself, how can we all be the center of God's universe? Well, if God is God, he's omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere and anywhere, all in the same time, right? He's, he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time. He is omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing. And he's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. Okay? So, you say to yourself, how can we all be the center of God's universe? Because God can love each one of us in his omnipresence. He can be everywhere, like a split of himself, 
all in one at one moment. So in the Christian concept, it is that you are the center of God's universe, that you are the apple of his eye. So if everything you do has meaning, right? Because if every every decision that you make towards the future, every time that you do a goodwill or a good deed and it affects somebody, every time that you talk to your child in a bad way or a good way, everything you do has meaning. So therefore, everything uh, has a purpose. But if you are a person who doesn't believe in this, then you wake up and you say, what's the meaning? What's the purpose? Why wake up? Nobody cares about my life. This is why some people commit suicide because they don't believe in God. They're atheists or because of a, a situation in their life, they've, they've yet to believe in God. So they kill themselves because nobody cares what they do. Nobody cares where they're going. Nobody cares where they've been. You know, there was this guy who was on the San Francisco uh, bridge, on, on the Golden Gate Bridge. I think that's the name of the bridge. The the big red bridge in San Francisco. I think that's it. And he stands there. And he's one of the few people that survived jumping off of the bridge. And he's he's standing there. And he's about to jump off. And some guy comes over to him and says, hey, listen, can you take a picture of me? And he stops. He says, ah, might as well take a picture of somebody. If I'm going to kill myself, might as well do something for somebody. And he goes and he takes a picture of the family. The guy grabs the camera back and then he walks away. And he said, if that guy would have just acknowledged me. If that man would have just said to me, thank you, I appreciate it, he wouldn't have jumped off the bridge. But uh, this is why people want to jump off because they feel that their life is meaningless. Uh, so they're depressed. And who wants to live a depressed life? Who wants to be depressed? This is why the normal person, the normal person on average, okay, I'm not saying that this is everybody, just because you live by these standards, you're going to live a good life, but the, the normal person has a goal and a destination, right, he reasons and wills his way to this destination, and he suppresses subconscious and impulses, because the impulses will make him make, will make him make bad decisions, and his subconscious will, will feed thoughts into him. But he suppresses these two things. And what does he do? He, leaves, he lives by reason and will. And therefore, this gives meaning and purpose to his life. Because he, he, takes, up, he takes upon himself responsibility. And when you take responsibility upon yourself, it gives meaning and purpose to yourself. If you actually listen to, to good psychologists, a good psychologist will tell someone to take up, take up responsibility little by little. Take, take a, a, a responsibility, take upon a task that will challenge you a little bit. N not tremendously, but it will challenge you a little bit. Because then you'll look back at yourself and you'll say, huh, I did that. 
and and you see that you you have potential in your life and that this potential also has brought meaning because now you're you have a purpose now you're you're a teacher that's helping a child now you're a janitor that's cleaning the bathrooms for all these little kids who uh maybe i don't know uh, they they can't sit on the toilet and poop who knows what the purpose or reason for your life is there's a purpose for everything that we do in life the problem is is that this this is the problem with a lot of the millennials now that millennials if you're listening to this podcast if if you're a person who uh, just got out of college and you, you got a master's or a bachelor's degree you want instant gratification First, stop and see the purpose behind your job and become good at it. And then after you become good at it, find the meaning behind it. So you can love your job. And if you love your job, you'll be great at your job. And if you're, if you're great at your job, they're going to they're gonna want to keep you at that job. And other people will want to hire you because they're going to see how good you are at what you do. So what's going to happen? You're going to make a better salary. That the problem is people have this backwards. They want pay me more and then I'll do better. But this is like a child who who gets a, a Ferrari or a Corvette at his 16th birthday. I'll appreciate it if I get it. No, it actually works backwards. You'll appreciate it more if you had to work for it and then you got it. Just like relationships. I'll tell people this all the time. I say... People think that, oh, if we have love, I'm going to work harder in my relationship. That's not how it works, people. In order for you to appreciate your relationship, in order for you to be more in love with your spouse, what you must do is devote more time and energy into your relationship. Think about it like a car. What is it with a car? If you buy yourself a $2,000 car, notice notice all these young kids, right? Just stop to think about this real quick. Notice all of these young kids who have these little 2000 Honda Accords or 98 or a 2004 Honda Accord. The car ca- costs $2,000. The sound system costs $5,000. I mean... But you see them, they have so much love and passion for that little crappy car that they have because they clean it, they vacuum it, they wash it, they put, you know, some rims that are a thousand dollars, you know, they put some little LED lights, they begin to invert what they worked so hard on to get their paycheck and they take that money now and they invert it back into the car. Now they've, they've, they've put purpose, they've put meaning to this. And now they've fallen in love with it because they've in, they've invested time into this. This is also how a relationship works. You invest time into your relationship. It doesn't work backwards. It's not we're in love, so I'm going to invest time and let's go on a date and let's do a romantic dinner. It's backwards. It's you invest time. You 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 take your money. That you worked hard on and you invert this money. You you think about it like putting equity into your into your relationship. You invest into your relationship. 
and you begin to grow a love for this. So we see this, you know, this is this gives purpose to your life. When when you are a depressed person, most people who are depressed, they lack meaning to their life. And they tend to live impulsively. And then 15 years down the road, 10 years down the road, what do they do? You know, they're they're looking back because they've lived so impulsively. They're looking back at their life and they're going, what, what, how did I get here? What did I do? You know, and, and I'm not saying that everybody's like this. I'm just saying there's a good general population, right? We have the highest number of depressed people than we've ever had. We've never had this before, right? Maybe people uh, back in the day, they were depressed because they were abused as children. Let's say in the 1800s, you know, uh, they were depressed because their wife had died from a, the Spanish flu or I don't know what it was back in the day. They they died from some sickness or some disease. So uh, they had a reason to be depressed. Now we're living in a time where everything is made so easy for us. We don't have to go out. We lack meaning to our life. What do you do? Especially now that you're stuck at home. You're on Facebook all day. What meaning does this give you to your life? You don't go to work. You get, you know, uh, 14, 20 sick days throughout the year and you're using 20 of those sick, sick days. You know, there's 52 weeks in a year and half of those, half of the year... Every other week, you know, you, you're getting, uh, you're taking a day off, doing nothing, sitting at home. You're sitting in the toilet on YouTube, spending half hour and you don't even realize it. We lack meaning to our lives. This is the reason why there's so much depression in our society nowadays. This is why so many people want to commit more suicide than ever. And the suicide rate is growing more and more and more every year. I mean, it's jumping leaps and bounds. And people are, are more depressed than they've ever been. Why? Because we lack meaning to our life. And, and a person who's normal has a micro, a macro, and an eternal goal. He sets a goal for today. Today, his goal is to be better than who he was yesterday. Live by this standard. You'll see that your life will better yourself. We're constantly comparing ourselves to someone else. We're always looking at somebody else's life and we're saying to ourselves, look at this person. And you're trying to compare yourself to the superstar on TV or to your friend or to your uncle or to your cousin or to your mother or to your father. Or maybe you're being compared. You cannot compare yourself to anybody. Because nobody has the same exact life as you. And you don't have the same exact life as someone else. Maybe what pushed them to have the good job that they have is the fact that they were abused as a child. And they built perseverance and they were able to get through that difficult time in their life. So now to get to the job that they wanted to get to, it seemed like a piece of cake. This is what, 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 what made them who they are. Or what if it was that moment that their dad yelled at them 
Or what if it was the moment that their mom, you know, punished them and opened their eyes to a certain scenario? Or what if it was the neighbor across the street that said two words to him and that day it did a complete 180 in his whole life? We don't know what it is that caused them to be the way that they are. And the only way that you can compare yourself to anybody and the only person that you should and you need to compare yourself to is yourself. Be better than who you were yesterday. And every day, if you can better yourself just a little bit every day, then you'll see that you'll build little by little, little by little. Take small steps. The problem is is that we try to go leaps and bounds. We set goals for ourselves that are so astronomical that when we can't reach them, we sadden ourselves. And then you say to yourself, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you just want to go back to your depressed life. But no. Set small goals. Aim low. This is, this is a very important thing. Aim low. Because you know what? When you, when, you, when you meet that small goal, maybe that goal, let's say some of, you, some of you are listening to this podcast right now and you're depressed. Set a small goal for yourself. Just do your bed. And then from there, then say, okay, next day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my bed. I'm going to brush my teeth and I'm going to take a shower. Then the next day, say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do my bed, brush my teeth, take a shower, and clean my room. I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to pick up everything. Not organize it, just pick it up. Take small steps. Build your way up little by little, little by little. And then every time that you build your way up little by little, you're going to gain more confidence in who you are as a human being. And when you gain confidence in yourself, you're going to see that next thing you know, you're taking leaps and bounds. You have these massive goals, 10 years, 5 years, who knows how many years down the road. You're going to look back and you're going to say to yourself, I was a depressed person just sitting in the couch doing nothing. But the biggest, biggest, biggest goal of all, I would say, is begin to believe in a God. That And this gives purpose to your life. This gives meaning. Because a normal person sees that there is a heaven and a hell. Maybe you say to yourself, no, there isn't. But try living by these rules. A normal person will set himself a goal and a destination. And he will reason and will himself to this goal or destination. And he will suppress all impulses and subconscious thoughts. And an abnormal person has no goal, no destination. You don't want to be the person that's the captain on the boat that doesn't know when he got on the boat and where he's getting off the boat. Because we would look at this captain like he is crazy. He's a psychopath. You know, where did you get on this boat? Think about this with your own life. When did you get on this boat and where are you getting off? You never stop to think about this. Where did you get on this boat and where are you getting off? Nobody asked your permission to be born and nobody's going to ask your permission to when you leave. 
but you don't look at yourself like you're a psychopath. It's funny. Kind of interesting when you think about it like that. Don't be the abnormal person that lives off of impulses and subconscious. Because a person who lives off of impulses and subconscious never gets anywhere. His impulses take over him at every turn in every moment of his life. And he's because he lives off of impulses and subconscious, he has to suppress his reason and will. Because if he doesn't, his reason will tell him, why are you doing what you're doing? This is so dumb. If you have a job, if you have kids to feed and a mortgage to pay for. And he'll say, forget Will, I don't want to push myself past this difficult moment in life. So what does he do? He says, I can't do this. And I'm out. So, I invite you to be the normal person and not to be the abnormal person. Hopefully, this podcast was a little bit interesting for you. Hopefully... You like this enough to share this podcast. Once again, uh, to my friends at Whaling City Ford, they are phenomenal. You need a car, especially right now during this uh, time of this coronavirus, this pandemic. Ford, if you have a good, somewhat decent credit, I'm going to say, call up my Whaling City Ford. Don't call up these other places because I've called a lot, a lot of other Ford dealerships in the nearby area. They were okay. I don't want to say they were bad. But if you want great, great service, and, 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 and if they cannot meet your needs, they'll tell you. They'll say it. And, and that's the great part is that you don't like having your leg pulled and somebody messing with you and kill. We all know that to go to a dealership, you have to spend three, four hours there. And in the end, for what? Just for them to tell you, ah, uh, yeah, sorry, we can't do this for you. Uh, if we would have known this, you know, they don't do that. They say, listen, let's do this. Let's check out your credit. Let's see what you got. Let's see what we, we can get you in. And they'll tell you right off the bat. If they can't do nothing for you, they'll say, listen, we don't think that we could do anything for you. They'll say right off the bat. They'll tell you right then and there, we don't think it's possible. So... um, Go and check out My Willing City Ford. Bruno Aparicio did such an amazing job as a sales rep. I'm telling you, this man, he knew what I was, what I wanted, even in certain situations where I didn't even know what I wanted. And he already knew it, which I appreciated so much. Um, also, uh, Aaron. Aaron did uh, an amazing job trying to find a car some if you are looking for a certain car that you it's difficult for you to find now they also have mazda lincoln mazda and they have ford this is all on my willing city ford okay uh i was there and it was so difficult i've been looking for a ford transit forever this was the most this is like finding a diamond in the rough and black at that uh and he went out and he found it and mind you, I had changed the car on him after I left. I call, I came back in probably five minutes later. And I was like, listen, can you switch it to, to a, a medium roof black? And he said, damn, it, it was difficult. He said, but he did it. 
and he made it happen. And I didn't know about this. He didn't complain to me. He didn't say, you can't do this now. A lot of times, the dealerships, after they found a car for you, they don't want to go through all the trouble to switch it on because they gotta ha- they have to put more legwork into this. And they don't want to do the legwork. But Aaron, he did not even complain. I didn't even hear that it was difficult for him until after the whole sale was done. I just went in there. I said what I said. And next thing you know, he calls me back later on and said he found a car. So he's great at what he does, too. Uh, Darnell, too, is also another sales manager there. And also the general manager, uh, uh, Marchioni. That's his last name. I think his name is Filippo Marchioni. Great general manager. So check out the Whaling City family. The dealership is great. If you like the podcast, please share it. This has helped a lot of people, and I'm glad this is helping people. I'm not doing this for anything, honestly. I started this podcast just uh, one of my coworkers told me to start this up, Gus. And he's been such a great uh, help to me. A lot of the times when I'm doing these podcasts, sometimes I'll throw thoughts at him. And he will go against me in such a way that honestly, it just, it really makes me... uh, further develop these thoughts that I have and it makes me research more and more from psychology to philosophy to theology, sociology, everything. I'll look into it from from a biology standpoint, um, which is good. History, uh, I like to cross-reference everything to make sure that I've hit it not from one point of view but from seven other different points of view. And if it all matches up, then I say, okay, let's talk about it on the podcast. But I don't like for the topic that I'm bringing in is just to be hit by one area. I want it to be hit from 10 different areas and they all still will, the this this train of thought will still hold its, its own weight. So um, if there's advertisements out there... Uh, I'm willing uh, to work out on, on advertisements, continue to throw me offers right now. I've had some offers, but like I've said, I have not liked um, what they stand for. Um, I'm a very simple guy, so it's difficult for me to be able to do an ad. I don't want to, to advertise something that I myself have not been able to do or that I myself don't use or I myself wouldn't agree with in some way, shape, or form, morally or or anything. Because I want you guys to listen to these podcasts, and when you try to go out and buy something, I want you guys to say to yourself, that was great, and that was worth the money that I spent. So I don't want to just throw anything out there. So continue to have the the ads, you know, the offers come my way. Um, You can post them on Apple uh, if you would like for me to uh, get back to you, post it on the comments, the reviews, and yeah, we'll get back to you. So I appreciate everything, and hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you, and until next time, God bless.